Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Exploration Marriage Podcast. I'm Kenny. Still Kenzie. And we are always going to be your hosts. Hopefully. Uh, let's hope nothing changes. <laughs> uh, today we have a, a pretty awesome show lined up. We are going to be talking about uh, conversations, tough conversations, that every married couple should have. Yes. Uh, I mean, these are just going to be... Pretty, pretty standard conversations, I would think, um, you know, concerning some real life events that uh, would, would affect generally every married couple. Uh, but before we get into that today, I want to go ahead and plug our social media like we always do. You betcha. Uh, first off is Facebook. We have an Exploration Marriage uh, Facebook page and we have a Facebook group that... Uh, you're more than welcome to join. All you need to do is uh, request membership and we will absolutely add you to the group. Um, a lot of good information, a lot of people that you can kind of connect and interface with. It's a great place to both, you know, solicit advice and, you know, give advice and also uh, receive help if you need it. Right. Um, the other place is going to be on Twitter, and you can find us on Twitter at ExplorationMar1. Again, that is at ExplorationMar1. And uh, Twitter, uh, again, it's just a great place to uh, take part in conversation. Uh, Kenzie and I are, are hoping at some point, you know, that we'll be uh, big enough that we can start doing maybe some live shows um, where we can, you know, kind of do a, a Q&A with our uh fans quote unquote or listeners uh which would be pretty sweet uh, but that would definitely take place on a on a platform such as twitter so you can come find us there uh our social media platforms um have been growing uh, a lot over the past few weeks which is thank you to all of you the listeners the people that are, are definitely propping up the show and uh spreading the word we greatly greatly appreciate that um, so come and join us on social media, come and find us, come and, uh, you know, just be a part of the conversation and, uh, let us know what you guys want to hear, what, what you want to hear us talk about, um, because you're the reason why we do this. We, uh, we believe in the sanctity of marriage and we believe that every marriage has the ability to overcome, uh, any obstacle and, and absolutely go the distance. Um, the last one is uh, Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. We have a page set up where we're hosting our, our videos as well. Uh, you can go there. You can become a subscriber for as little as $10 a month, which would uh, greatly benefit the show and help us out a lot. Uh, it's absolutely not necessary. But if you do become a subscriber on Patreon, there are going to be uh, there's going to be some additional content that is going to be uh, put up there as well for uh, those of you who do become subscribers. Yeah. A little extra content for you. A little extra content. Uh, that being said, um, I want to kind of start the show off with what I think we're going to start doing, which is going to be the quote of the week. Since, you know, we do this podcast like once a week, which reminds me, there's also something else I got to plug here in a minute, but, uh, the quote of the week, um, which is, just going to be, you know, a quote that definitely means something to us. And I, I feel like it's a, a good thing for us to share. So this week, the quote is a good marriage. Isn't something you find. It's something you make. 
And you have to keep on making it. Absolutely. Pretty profound uh, words there. And, and it's absolutely true. It's not something that you find. You don't just find a good marriage. It's something that you have to create over time. And uh, you, you never stop creating a good marriage. It's something that you constantly have to invest in and continue investing in for the, for the entire duration of your marriage. I agree. So pretty good stuff. Um, and just be on the lookout for that. Cause we are going to be, um, we're going to have a, a, a quote every, every, uh, episode that we do, we're going to have one of, one of those quotes. Speaking of every episode that we're going to do, um, I, Kenzie and I have come to a decision that we're going to add a midweek, uh, episode. It's going to be shorter than, you know, the standard episode that we do, but it is going to be an episode that is more geared towards Christian couples, uh, and, and Christian relationships. And we felt that it was necessary to kind of divide the two. Um, we, we know that there are a lot of people that listen to these podcasts and aren't necessarily, uh, affiliated with a Christian religion. And we didn't want to, um, forcefully push our values onto other people. Um, we want to give marriage advice that is, that works for everyone. People that, you know, do go to church and, and don't go to church, so on and so forth. So the midweek episode is going to be kind of almost a Bible study format. We're going to start in Genesis and we're going to, we're going to talk our way through the Bible and we're just going to look at what a godly marriage looks like. And we're going to talk about, you know, things that you can do within your relationship to, uh, increase your relationship with God as well and, and vice versa. Um, a lot of great information there and we definitely were excited about getting into that. So be on the lookout for those midweek episodes. Uh, we're certainly going to put the word out. We're going to, we're going to make sure that those of you who are looking to, to listen to those episodes are definitely going to be informed about when those episodes drop. <clears throat> so, I think Kenzie and I, before we get into the, uh, the meat and potatoes, so to speak of the episode, we're going to, we're going to go back to the, uh, questioning each other format. Cause I think you guys said that you enjoyed that hearing, uh, hearing us ask questions for each other. It's fun for us. Too. It's fun for us. I mean, we learn, we learn so much doing these podcasts. Yeah. This is definitely a learning experience all around. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the more questions we ask, of each other, the more we learn and, and doing the research for the episodes. I, I feel like we learn a lot too, you know? Yeah. And that's what marriage is. Marriage should be, you know, you're, you need to be learning something about yourself. You need to be learning something about your spouse and together you need to be learning how to create a, a stronger marriage. Um, if not daily, you certainly need to do it weekly. I mean, there needs to be consistent investment in your marriage. Absolutely. So, um, do you want to go first? Yeah, I got a question for you. What is your least favorite household chore? Least favorite household chore. This <laughs> one's an easy one. I'm going to say cleaning up the dog poop in the backyard. <laughs> I don't feel I need to go for that one. <laughs> Nobody likes doing that one. But yeah, that's a chore that no one likes to do and uh, is certainly the least on my list. I think that's why people have created services for it because they know everybody hates it. Do they have services? Like people come to your house oh, just yeah. to clean up dog poop? Yeah. Bravo. <laughs> I wouldn't partake in it, but yes. What do you mean you wouldn't 
You wouldn't go to other people's houses clean up no. their dog poop? No, I couldn't do it. I mean, I well, have no idea what it pays, but I don't desire to do that. I don't think there's a lot of people that desire to do it, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, the, the people that come and like clean out porta potties and stuff Ugh, like, yeah. bravo to you. you know, that's, that's a heck of a career choice. You know, that's one they don't talk about on career day, but you no. know, there's some people out there that are like, Hey, you know, there's something to there's it. There's money in it. What about you? What's your least favorite chore? Cooking. I don't like cooking because that comes with a lot of cleanup and I just feel it's unnecessary (laughs) what I mean I know yeah cooking cooking can be a it can be a burden when you're cooking for several people but I mean as far as the cleanup goes we usually trade off on cleanup you cook I clean I cook you clean even though you do cook quite a bit more often than I do but yeah, no, I, I, I get just that. don't enjoy it. It's not a passion of mine. I, I like cooking. So for me, cooking is not, not so much of a chore. I enjoy it because I think there's an element of it where I, it brings me satisfaction when people enjoy eating the food that I, I make. Well, you you're know? good at it too. You're good at just throwing flavors together. You have that natural ability i guess yeah i i don't know i mean i i enjoy the food that i make um but it's nice it's nice when other people enjoy it too you know yeah like rayleigh she loves my meatloaf absolutely and that was one that just (laughs) that's the one that came out of left field for me um cool so given the fact that it's october and we're coming up on halloween I just, I have to ask you this question and I want your complete (laughs) honest answer. Okay. All right. Because at this point, at this moment right now, I still don't know what your answer is to this question. So it's going to be interesting to find out. Do you believe in ghosts or the supernatural? I don't know. I don't know that I really, I've never experienced anything supernatural, so I can't give my opinion based on that just because I've never experienced anything like it, but possibly, I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that one. I just never really thought about it that much. I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, there's no right or wrong answer to that, I guess. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) It's not like I could just, you know, I could prove it one way or another. I guess for me personally, I I do believe that there are things out there that are yet to be explained. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't, I don't want to go into too much detail. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like I've really ever had like a, a serious supernatural experience. Right. But I mean, I, I have my own personal beliefs on it. You know, there, there are people who talk about, you know, consciousness and where it, where it is located in the body mm-hmm. and anybody that knows anything about anatomy and physiology or anything like that, you know, have to understand that, you know, your body's basically run by electrical impulses that run through your central nervous system throughout, you know, your entire body and your right. brain houses all of that information. And, you know, um, basically everything that happens in your body is controlled 
through that network. So when you die, it's basically that electrical, those electrical impulses, those synapses stop firing and, and that's it. You know, you're, you're just done. Mm-hmm. That's the end of this earthly body. Right. Um, but people for a long time, you know, have always talked about, you know, spirits and souls and all of these different things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I just have a different view on it. I really do. I, I think, you know, matter is, is not able to be created and it's certainly not able to be destroyed. It's just, it goes from one form to another. And so I, I believe, and this is, this is going to sound crazy and I think people might, <laughs> they might stop <laughs> listening, but I do believe that there are different planes of existence, linear planes of existence that kind of, they exist together and that there are some places where those planes of existence can intersect with one another. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, what I guess some would say is a, a different, um, I want to say realm of existence. It, it would be like a, a, a different, um, I don't know, <laughs> almost kind of reality, I guess, in a way that kind of exists alongside, like you know, the, yeah, kind of like an alternate reality. And, and, um, you know, every once in a while where they, those kind of intersect, I, I think there's a possibility that you could, you know, there could be a, a buildup of energy. energy that could, you know, people could experience certain things who knows. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Cause I already sound crazy. <laughs> You're not crazy. Um, yeah, so ghosts and supernatural, I believe there's things out there, like I said, there's things out there that we've yet to be able to explain. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that they're unexplainable. I just... We just haven't figured it out yet. Right. So, questions now on you. Um, taking a different turn, what is one thing on your bucket list? One thing on my bucket list... I, so there, there's a couple of different things that I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. One of them would definitely be to, um, go travel and see the historical sites in Europe. Um, I, I'm a big history buff. And so I like, you know, there are certain periods of time that I would like to go and visit certain, certain things, um, all across Europe. I'd like to go and, see some of the, the world war two battlefields and, and stuff like that. you know, I had an opportunity when I was in the army. Um, I know I've told you about this, but I, I got to travel to, uh, an Island in the South Pacific and it was part of a, uh, operational mission that we were doing, but we got to go out to this, this Island and we were there for like three weeks. And it was one of the islands that the Japanese had, uh, held during world war two. And then the Marines came in and basically wiped out the Japanese presence on this Island. And I mean, just the history, I mean, you could, the, the Island was less than five miles in sur- circumference. So we were able to ride bikes, mm-hmm. you know, all around the Island, you go to all these different places and they had, um, they still had some of the historical sites up, you know, there's like Japanese uh, machine gun bunkers and, and all sorts of stuff that were around there. And um, after world war two, they said that they'd come in on the Island and they had bulldozed most of the, you know, destroyed 
stuff off of the island, push it into the, in, into the ocean. And so you could go out there and you could scuba dive or you could snorkel and you could go see some of these, um, these relics really to me, they're, you know, just a pieces, uh, parts of history, you right. know, just right there in this clear crystal water that you could see, you know, from where you were at on the surface all the way down to the bottom. I mean, it was just outstanding. And so I, I remember distinctly going and, uh, we went snorkeling and we were, you know, going around these world war two landing craft, you know, that were, uh, bringing personnel and like tanks and stuff over to the Island that had been destroyed and basically left there. Mm-hmm. It's just really outstanding, really amazing. So I guess part of my bucket list would be to go to Europe and see some of the stuff from the, the European theater, um, go see some of the battlefields. I would love to go to Normandy and just go, you know, just, I don't know. It, it's, it's almost a, a spiritual thing too, you know, for somebody like myself who served in the infantry and, you know, there's a, a almost a, a connection to that brotherhood and you want to go stand in those places, be where, you know, these people who um, just did some really outstanding, just awesome things um, where those battles took place, you know, just kind of be there, feel that, you know, that's something I would want to do. Makes sense. What about you? Um, I've always kind of just wanted to go to Greece. Just see all the blue top buildings. I think those are so cool. <laughs> I'd love to go <laughs> take pictures of them, really. <laughs> Get my, like it. It's fine looking at pictures of it, but to go and get my own photos of it would be pretty special. Yeah, go see it in person. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you can look at all of these things in pictures, and it's really nice, and, you know, you get the U's and the, the ahs and everything, but it's a lot different when you're standing there and, you know. Taking it all in. Yeah, taking it all in, feeling the breeze in your face and just the smell in the air, and, I mean, there's a lot to it. The sense sensory perception uh, makes a lot of those trips well worth it. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. Just the whole experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I guess I'm, I'm kind of sticking to this Halloween theme. <laughs> okay. Well, so we're kind of going back it. and forth, but <laughs> uh, what is your greatest fear? I, I don't know, more on the common side of fears or like obviously being buried alive or something like that is a huge but, fear. I mean, but, whatever your fear is. Just bridges. I am scared of it just like falling right underneath me and just like, like it could be totally sturdy, but the fact that I'm hovering over something and it could literally just collapse terrifies me. Yeah, no, I, I can, I can understand <laughs> that. And here's the reason why I can understand that is because all of those objects are man-made. Right. <laughs> and you have to assume that somebody really cares about their job to do their job well. Mm-hmm. And like they didn't have a fight with their wife or, you know, like they weren't going through some crazy event in their life, you know, <laughs> while they were in the process of designing and, and 
than building that bridge. Actually, there were, there was a bridge in please do not in me. Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> it was a suspension bridge that went over. I I can't remember the name of the river, but um, they didn't anticipate the crosswinds, and so they didn't build slats into the bridge where the wind could pass <laughs> through. And they that they have video of where this bridge was like twisting and contorting yeah. because the wind was like you know it was just so brutal. So, uh, yeah, no, there's, <laughs> I guess, lack of confidence and man-made things. <laughs> Look, you gotta, you gotta think about it real clearly. Um, cause when you, when you see the truth of it, right? Like the NASA, it's a government program, right? But they had, you know, the Apollo era, the first, you know, Apollo one, they had a massive fire inside of the uh, crew cockpit and they couldn't get out. There was no escape hatch. There was no yep, escape terrifying. plan. So they died. And then you have Challenger that, you know, blew up because, you know, NASA and all these other companies weren't fixing the problems that they already knew about. Right. And then you had Columbia, which broke up on reentry because yeah. of the time. Yeah. I mean, all this man-made stuff, you know, it's, there's no guarantees <laughs> and this is not to scare people. And I'm sorry. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, people, people are very trusting for some reason. They think other people just know what they're doing. Well, like you think there's all the time there's recalls of stuff in stores. Yeah. I mean, your vehicles, like there are um, airbags, airbags that don't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's scary. It is scary. It's a, it's a scary thought. If you guys are out there and you have like, you know, jobs and you're like quality assurance, do your job. Do it right. <laughs> we beg of you. We're worried <laughs> that something we have is going to go wrong. Yeah. Maybe we just overthink it, but. Yeah. Still scary thought. I'm actually kind of upset that I asked you that question now. <laughs> My greatest fear is drowning. And. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because you almost drowned, huh? Yeah. I'm almost drowned in Afghanistan wearing, um, wearing a lot of gear <laughs> that was a really bad experience and ever since then i've just i've i have not been comfortable around water well and then you're really almost drowned too <laughs> she didn't almost drown she fell in the water and i was standing right there i yanked her out real quick i mean like walked in the water fully clothed mm. but yeah no that was a scary that was a scary experience for me yeah only because i i i had I, I guess I relived a moment where, you know, I couldn't, uh, couldn't get any water or air. Yeah. So yeah, no, uh, drowning is definitely a big one for me, but then again, you know, I wouldn't want to burn alive. I wouldn't want to yeah, be crushed. You know, there's a lot of things that, that scare me. Yeah. Dying alone scares me. Well, I don't think that's going to necessarily happen, but I mean, you never know. <laughs> You're right. You never do. All right. What's one more for you? Um, I guess mine were all kind of the same too, but, uh, what's your dream job? Like disregard any degrees, anything like that, money, whatever, just you could go out and get the job you want. What would it be? Man, that, uh, I, that's not even tough, but I, I definitely have a few that I would choose from. Uh-huh. <laughs> One would be extreme meteorologist. I mean, I would 
for those of you who don't know me that well or don't know my background, I grew up, you know, loving the movie Twister, which is just a horrible CGI movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I guess to answer your yeah, question that from that, my, from that yes, what was that, the first podcast? Um, the Guilty Pleasure movie. Yeah, the Guilty Pleasure movie, <laughs> Twister. Twister. There you go. There's the answer right there. Um, I've always had a thing for really inclement weather. I mean, anytime the storm clouds come barreling in, I'm... Yeah, I used to do it when I was a kid. He hopes there's a tornado like right outside our window so he can watch it. Yeah, well, (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't say I hope for a tornado, but I, you know, I I go out there and I'm looking at the clouds and I'm like, oh, this is this is bad. And and look, oh, there's a wall cloud forming right there. And (laughs) it excites him. Yeah, it's definitely exciting for me. Um, So it'd definitely be like extreme meteorologist. just out in the field chasing tornadoes, getting the footage and, you know, scientific data and all that stuff. I think that'd be kind of cool. Although from all of the documentaries and, and the people that I have followed and watched over the years that do that job, they say it's extremely boring. Really? And it's just like being deployed overseas. You know, 90% of it's just sitting around waiting for stuff to happen. And 10% is like, you know, action. white knuckle, crazy action, you know, um, but I think it would still be cool. So if I couldn't be like a meteorologist, I would definitely want to be like a professional baseball player. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I know you were a player in high school. You wish you would have continued that. I think it would have been fun. I mean, I enjoyed playing, um, I would imagine as I got older, it probably just it, and, and like anything else. I mean, you do something for so many years, it just kind of becomes monotonous, I'm sure. And maybe I'm wrong, but <laughs> I don't know. You guess the money's definitely got to be worth it. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll go play baseball for millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Absolutely. What about you? What would be your dream occupation? Um, I think I've maybe mentioned this to you before, but if I could be like a National Geographic photographer. You did mention that, yeah. Travel and just everything I've seen them capture is just incredible. Yeah, it's pretty pretty awesome pictures in uh, National Geographic. Yeah. And just, just to know that like you would basically be paid to travel to these sites and go get pictures. See, I don't even care about that. I just think it would be awesome to be taking those kinds of pictures, make people feel something. I guess I get that. I get that. You know, it's like how every time I sing in the shower, I I hope you guys cry, (laughs) which I'm sure you do. I just want to make people feel something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's pretty cool. And I know you, I know you really enjoy taking pictures and you take some really awesome pictures. That's, that's per, that's for sure. I try, try to time it right. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but I really enjoy it. Well, it takes a, it takes serious dedication to you. Like I said, I mean, anything, anything that is meaningful requires a huge time investment, you know, anything that you're going to do and being 
married with children is uh it's a little bit more difficult a little bit but you know that opportunity is still there to an extent it's still there (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, so the last question I have, this one is kind of moving away from the, uh, Halloween theme, (laughs) unless your life is considered to be like a scary movie, but, um, if they made a movie about your life, Mm -hmm. who would play you in that movie? Um, I've always just said Jennifer Garner because I like her. Okay. Because of 13 going on 30. But I've never actually taken anything seriously. <laughs> I don't know. Jennifer Garner. Yep. Okay, well, better get her while she's in her prime. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's... Before it. too long. I don't know. I don't feel like I resemble anybody that much. You think I do. I, do. I, I think I you look like that Bethany Joy character from uh, One Tree Hill. Uh, what's her name? Haley? I don't see yeah. that at all, dear. I did. I do. I'm just saying, I think you guys resembled one another quite a bit. I think for myself, um, I would, I would have to say like Tom Hanks or, uh, wishful thinking here, I guess, George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what makes you choose them? Well, George Clooney, because he's, he's just classy. He's got that look, you know, like he's just real suave. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about him. He, he's a man's man. Okay. And I've enjoyed a lot of the movies that he's played in. Tom Hanks though, hands down, in my opinion, best actor okay. ever. Brad Pitt, go pound sand. <laughs> Tom Hanks, he's the man. I've, I've literally enjoyed every movie he's ever played in. There's not been a movie that I haven't enjoyed Tom Hanks in. And he played in one of the single greatest World War II films. Oh, that got you right there, huh? Saving Private Ryan. It's a great film. Yep, that that would be my choice. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Well, I, I don't know. All right, well, I, I think that about does it for the uh, Q&A portion. I think next time we're going to we're gonna go deeply personal. So I think we need to uh, be a little bit more forthcoming than our hopes and dreams and our deepest fears and whether or not we believe in ghosts. <laughs> but that is uh, that's a little Q&A session with us. Yep. yep. Next time we'll step it up for you. Yeah. And that is a promise. Um, all right. So the topic of conversation today is going to be the not so easy topics that every marriage uh, or every married couple needs to discuss. Um, Kenzie and I have said it before, you know, married couples have to have spot on communication within their marriage or else things are going to fall apart. Yeah, you probably get sick of us saying communication because... We say it all the time. But we don't care if you get sick of it. We actually want you to get sick of it. We want it to be ingrained in your brain. We want that to be the first thing that you think of when you think about marriage is the the foundation being communication. If your marriage is like a, a building project, 
your foundation has got to be absolutely sturdy. And it's not just the foundation that you build your house or, or whatever structure you're building upon. It also needs to be set on great soil. Geographically speaking, it, it's got to be on bedrock. It's got to be settled in a place where there's not going to be a bunch of shifting and, you know, tearing up of, of the foundation and stuff. And that, of course, is going to be, you know, the godly relationship where you are going to be building upon the bedrock of your beliefs, your belief in God, your relationship with God. But on top of that is going to be the communication, which is direly important. The foundation is going to be direly important to any structure and the communication being the key, right? And then all of the other components that we're giving you, you know, we're, we're going to use all these different analogies, you know, your toolkit, uh, we're giving you all the tools that you need in order to uh, work on your marriage successfully. successfully. But these are also, these are going to be your support beams for your structure. If you're building a house, you have to be able to support that structure. And all of the little offshoot conversations that we're having or the things, the tools that we're giving you are going to help you to build that up a little bit better. And today is going to be centered, again, all on the communication aspect of your marriage. So we have come up with a list of conversations, um, the not so easy topics that you need to, you need to have with your spouse. You need to have these because you, you have to know in your relationship what the boundaries are. Right. And then if, if you talk about it beforehand, when it comes up unexpectedly, then you aren't caught off guard and there's not a huge fight about it. Right. I mean, it's better to be prepared. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's better to have these topics or have these conversations beforehand and know how one another feels about these situations right. versus, you know, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> um, so let's, let's kick it off. Number one. Can you still be friends with the opposite sex? And I'm going to let you give your answer first. And just just so everyone is clear, some of these will kind of tie together, but they are kind of, they, they have little branches, little offshoots. Right. And we are going to be playing devil's advocate. We're going to look at both sides. Yeah. Um, I say it definitely depends on the situation, but there certainly needs to be boundaries with it. If it's like, don't be friends with somebody you've had an intimate relationship with before. And it might be okay to just say hi to somebody in passing, but you don't need to be checking up with them frequently. Or say if it's the opposite sex and you have had a relationship with them and you're friends with them because they're going through something and they're struggling and you're trying to help them, then obviously that should be talked about with your spouse and keep them involved. Yeah, I think this one can can be a very sensitive topic uh, as far as if you have pre-existing friends of the opposite sex prior to going into a relationship or into a marriage, mm-hmm. um, you, you need to communicate about that. First off, you know, your your spouse needs to be open and honest about their feelings on how they feel about you being friends with someone of the opposite sex. Right. They need to feel that they can express themselves first off they need to feel that you are going to hear them Mm -hmm. and not get angry not jump and get all defensive 
but understand where they're coming from and then try to help them understand your position, right? And communication is a two-way street. And both of you have got to be willing to communicate openly and honestly, but you have to also listen to one another and try to understand where each person is coming from, their perspective on the situation. Yeah. But being friends with the opposite sex is one that, you know, like Kenzie said, there are certain circumstances and situations where it may be appropriate for you to be friends with someone of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's been a lifelong friend. They're your best friend. They're, they're someone that you've grown up with. You've never had any romantic interest. You guys have never dated. You know, there's been no connection like that, but you guys are best friends. That may be fine, but you know, you still need to gauge your your spouse's comfort level with that relationship. And you need to include your spouse into that relationship. Right. And if you're talking to this person more than your spouse, then you know, your spouse is probably going to want to address that too. Because if you're spending all this time with this person of the opposite sex, then that's not going to be good for your marriage. It's not, yeah, it's not going to be good for your marriage and it's not going to be good for the comfort level of your spouse, which is first and foremost should be your priority is, you know, this is the person that you've decided to marry. This is the person that you've decided to choose or that you have chosen to spend the rest of your life with. You would absolutely better be doing everything that you possibly can within your power to ensure that they are comfortable, that they are okay with the things that are happening and that, you know, the communication definitely is there, um, especially when it concerns, you know, friends of the opposite sex. Right. Anything else on that? No, I think that's pretty much it. And we'll touch base again with another question on that, I think, but yeah, I think further down the line, uh, we'll, we'll address some stuff that kind of goes into that. Um, the next question is how much time should you spend with your single friends? And I feel like as long as you aren't doing activities where you're searching for a hookup for said single friend or like if you're just going out shopping or you're going to get your nails done or you're going to play video games or something, I think that might be fine. But as long as you aren't doing things to blow off your spouse, then you should be all right. Yeah, Um, I agree. I mean let's just be honest, you know, you're allowed to have friends. I right. mean, you'd have friends that preexisted prior to you meeting your spouse. Right. I mean, you're not just going to all of a sudden like, well, I'm married guys and now we Peace can't out. hang out, you know, like you guys have a nice life, you know, right. I'm done with you. <laughs> um, but spending time with your single friends, uh, I think when we initially talked about this, I brought up the point, right. And the point is that, single people have different priorities than married people. Right. And you touched on that, right? If you're going out because your single friends want to go find someone of their own and they're trying to get you to help in that process, um, that may not be something that you need to partake in necessarily. Um, especially if you're doing it on your own, without, you know, without your spouse, I think that's, that's a dangerous, dangerous game to play. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that, you know, spending time with your single friends definitely needs to be less of a priority than spending time with your spouse. That's, that's kind of the obvious statement, right? Right. If you're spending more time with your single friends than you are with your spouse, uh, there's a serious problem. Yeah. 
Um, so you definitely need to gauge again, once again, you know, your spouse's comfort level with, you know, the time that you're spending with your friends, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're each going to want to go out and go do things with your friends anyways, but. Right. And there's stuff your spouse isn't wanting to want to do with you. So you're going to search out your friends. Right. But you just need to, you need to make sure that you're, you're not spending more time with your single friends than you are with your spouse. You definitely need to make that, that investment with your spouse. Yeah. They need more of your time. Agreed. All right. Third question. Should you tone down your sex scene? Now, will you explain what that means? Um, like dressing provocatively, I guess. And okay. Yeah. That's what I'd say. So <laughs> here's, here's my thoughts on mm-hmm. this, right? First of all, it, Physical attraction is one of the first things that you get in a relationship. It's, it's very the first thing like anybody notices about you. Well, right. Yeah. You know, you, you see something that you look, something that looks nice. Right. And, and that draws your attention. Right. Right. And then once you, you know, get closer to that person and you interface with that person a lot more then you, you fall in love with their mind, their spirit, you know, all those different things come secondary to, the, the first thing that we get right mm-hmm. um should you tone down your sexy we we've talked about this before that you know you you need to do things inside of your marriage right that are in line with things that you did prior to you being married right you need to continually get your spouse's attention there is a time and a place for you to dress up and look nice and Right. I think this is saying tone down your sexy outside of with your spouse. Like if you're going out to the bar or you're going out shopping or you're going out and you're dressing provocatively without your spouse, should you be toning that down? If it's okay. So if it's outside of the, the attention range of your spouse, mm-hmm. if you're not doing it for them, yes, you need to tone it down. Right. You, I would you say the same. If I, it's not for your spouse, like if you're not going out on a date and it's not for them, then I personally don't see a reason to. Yeah. I, I don't listen, it, forget what you heard about, you know, dressing up to feel nice about yourself. You, you can, can dress, you can that. dress up and feel nice about yourself, but you don't have to do it in a way that is drawing unnecessary, yeah, drawing attention. unnecessary attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. And look, we're not going to tell you what you need to wear or how you should dress or any of that stuff. That's not my business. And that's not what I'm going to tell you how to do, Right, but you know, you get, you need to use your, your best judgment, you know, good discretion. Ladies, let's not be wearing anything low cut, uh, any, any high, um, dress line or what, what, what would you call it? I don't know. Low cut dresses. Short, shorts, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Let's not be doing that. And, uh, I don't know for men. I mean, it, it's, it's, difficult with men. I mean, you, you know, when you're dressing up to go out there and, and be attractive like me, I throw on a pair of jeans and t-shirt and, you know, maybe do my, my hair up a little bit and squirt a few squirts of cologne, but that's, that's it. I mean, that's all for Kenzie. I don't really dress up to impress (laughs) very often. Um, but I mean, we, we do need to be careful about what we do outside of outside of the sight and, and knowledge of our spouses. Right. 
And we need to understand that when we dress a certain way, it can cause others to be attracted to us. Right. And I just like, and obviously wanting to look good is never bad, but it's just, if you already have your spouse and you already have the attention of your spouse, why are you seeking attention elsewhere? Maybe that's something you need to address within yourself. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> and I, I mean, I've had this conversation with other people who have addressed this issue where it, it's saying that, you know, the way that I dress is more about how I feel about me and not necessarily about how I want others to feel mm-hmm. about me. But you have to understand that when you do dress up, especially if you're dressing up a certain way, it can cause people to look at you and draw attention Draw attention to yourself. You just got to be, you have to be mindful of what's going on. And you need to be mindful of your spouse's feelings. Right. And I, I think toning down your sexy needs to be something that, uh, that you definitely take into consideration. It's something that you do. I mean, you should be dressing sexy for your spouse, right. not for anybody else. Agreed. So if you're going to Walmart, <laughs> <laughs> let's, I don't know. <laughs> Just don't not. be dressing up all crazy. And next question, dear. Okay. So this one we kind of hit on is, are conversations with exes still okay? Yeah. Yeah, no, you mean. Well, what, yeah, yeah. What, well, what I mean is that there, there's not just one right answer to this. Oh, yes. There is, but there isn't. When it comes to previous marriages involving kids, absolutely. Yep. Yes, you need to be communicating. You're going to have to communicate with, right. your, with your ex. Yeah, in that case, absolutely. But as far as no connections and there's no need to... If it's just somebody that you dated in the past or someone that you've had um, an intimate type relationship with, you you definitely don't need, first of all, I don't see a good reason to communicate with an ex. Maybe, you know, maybe you guys have a different opinion on that and you can share that with us. I'd be more than willing to listen, but I don't find there to be any, any good reason to have a conversation with an ex if there's no attachment no kids no nothing like that out of that relationship i think some would argue that because like if the falling out was mutual and they just like realized they didn't need to be together and they're just friends now i think that's something people would argue but But i don't see even still in that but even conversations like you don't need to be checking up on them every single day like hey how's your day going hey how are you doing that kind of stuff Okay. And again, I I say that somebody that you've had a relationship with that you have no other attachment to, whether you're friends with them or not, that's, that's a big, in my book, that's, that's a big, uh, no, no. Right. I mean, it wouldn't make me feel very good if you were talking to any of your ex-boyfriends or anything like that, or anybody that you used to date. Right. It wouldn't make me happy no matter what the, what the circumstances were. You know, mm-hmm. there would be no reason for anybody to come to you and say, Kenzie, I, I just, I'm going through a rough time and I need somebody to talk to you. Right. You know, like, okay, well, there's probably other people that you can go and talk to you. You know, this is not to be mean, but this is, you know, I'm a married woman. 
you know, we have, we have our relationship and that that's priority. Yeah. You know, um, I, I don't know. You guys need to need to have some serious conversations because again, this is one of those tough conversations. I think, I think it's pretty clear for Kenzie and I, where we stand on this. Right. And I think we agree that we wouldn't have communication with any of our ex girlfriends or boyfriends. Um, and that's just where we're at. Mm-hmm. But for you all that are listening, that is something that you need to come to terms with. And again, I'm going to say it. You need to take into consideration the comfort level of your, of your spouse, which is priority one in your marriage. Um, I mean, it's, it's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, this next question we did ask on our Facebook group and it's, should you give your spouse access to all your social media accounts and passwords to your phone? And, um, almost every single one of you, I believe said yes. I think we're all on the same page. Um, there's no matter the reasoning in order for your relationship to be successful, you need to be open and honest with each other. Absolutely. I think, uh, the, the, the whole social media, the whole, um, you know, cell phone, the whole computer, the, the keeping stuff locked behind a screen, um, away from your spouse. It's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for someone to take advantage of and think that they can get away with doing something in the dark, which is where all the bad things happen is outside of the knowledge of your spouse. Right. You should never feel like there's any secrets between you guys. And listen, once you, once you're dedicated to one another, once you become married to someone and you've joined your lives together, you're no longer entitled to secrecy. Right. Especially when it comes to social media, when it comes to who you're talking to, your spouse needs to be in the know. They need to know who you're talking to and and what the purpose of some of those conversations are. And listen, some of you may think that this is, oh, well, they just don't trust me. There are plenty of people out there who are in relationships where they've come from relationships where their trust has been broken, where they have been cheated on, mm-hmm. where you know, social media was the, the culprit or was the, was the, um, method that was used to communicate and cheat during a relationship. And so they are going to need you to help them rebuild that trust. And that's going to look a lot like they don't trust you, but that's not the case. The case is that they're trying to rebuild their trust. They need to know that you are an absolute trustworthy person. Now, look, if you're diving into a marriage and you are still quote unquote broken or just have your own insecurities. You it's, it's a recipe for disaster. And, and I've seen relationships tank before go down because one person has got serious trust issues Mm -hmm. and they let that become a serious problem in their marriage where they're constantly accusing their spouse of doing something that their spouse isn't doing because of their insecurities. Right. And we'd like to take this time to let you know that it's okay to seek help and to seek therapy because you don't want to be the reason that your marriage goes down. Yeah. I mean, 
listen, seeking therapy is never a weakness. Seeking advice is never a weakness. It's always about how can I better serve my spouse and my marriage. Right. And if I've got insecurities, I want to find the best way to not, to not put those insecurities on my spouse, but I want to work within myself to fix myself, to take care of my trust issues. Because if I got, if, if I have trust issues, I have no business being in a relationship anyways, because I'm, I'm still dealing with issues. I'm still dealing with problems, but we know that people, you know, they'll get out of a relationship, get into another relationship and they, they may carry some baggage with them. What we're saying is that, you know, you need to think about the comfort level of your spouse. You need to be willing to say, Hey, you know, why don't you, you know, if, if, if this is what you need or if this is what you want, you know, you can go ahead and take a look at my social media. You can look at my conversations on my phone. You know, I, I'm an open book and whatever I can do to help you out, I'm willing to do. Yeah. Help make the other person feel better. Um, absolutely. And I mean, listen, this does not mean that you need to merge your social media accounts. Um, I think that, you know, some couples do that and that's fine. You know, you can merge your social media accounts uh, together and both of you have access and you can both see what, what you're doing. Um, it just makes it easier, mm-hmm. but it's not absolutely necessary. Right. You don't have to be like, oh, we're married now. Let's join our accounts. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that that's completely necessary. Um, I, th- I think we talked about it before, but face ID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you talked about that one running away. <laughs> yeah. That lady, she, she kept putting the phone in front of the guy's face and he was like bobbing and weaving, dodging back and forth <laughs> to keep the face ID from. <laughs> I just think it's funny. If you guys haven't seen it, I'll try and find the video and put it up, but it's pretty hilarious. Anyways, I, th- I think we're good with that. Okay. Um, next question. What time do you consider as being disrespectful to come back home? Uh, I, I'm going to take the how I met your mother stance on this and say mm-hmm. that nothing good ever happens after midnight. Mm-hmm. And that no married person has any business being mm-hmm. outside of their, their home. Alone. Without alone their without their spouse. Anytime past midnight. I agree. Period. And of course there's going to be certain occasions where you're going to be out late or coming home late, but as long, yeah, as, as, long as, long as, as you're your, in contact and your spouse, right, is, your spouse yeah, is in the know, yeah. then there shouldn't communication people. That's all we're going to, <laughs> we need to go here. <laughs> you guys can call me an old fart. I don't care what you say. Like, you know, I'm most comfortable in my relationship knowing that I'm at home with my wife, you know, in the evenings, I, first of all, I love spending time with Kenzie. I'm around her 24 seven. Haven't got sick of her yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't, I don't have a desire to be out late at night. I don't have a desire to go out and, you know, I mean, there's nothing I want to do at night that well, would take me away from home anyways. I well, mean, and like the other thing is the only places that, Majority of places that are open after midnight is going to be places you shouldn't be without your spouse, like the bar or a club or something like those should be more off limits anyway, without your spouse. If you're out with your spouse, absolutely. But I just don't see a reason to go without your spouse and stay out that late. Yeah. I mean, if you're coming home at two, three o'clock in the morning, you need to really, you you need to do it. Yeah. You need to realign your priorities. Mm Mm-hmm. 
uh, people, people in a marriage think that, you know, trust is being able to stay out all night long and come home and still have a great relationship with your spouse. But listen, it's also about protecting your marriage. All right. You need to understand that you've got to do everything that you can to safeguard your marriage against all the other bull crap outside. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And pardon my language, but that's exactly what it is. The, the more, the more things that are out there that are potentially harmful to your marriage and the more you give it an opportunity to get in, um, the, the worst things are going to be safeguarding your marriage. It's, it's just like anything else you do in your life. You know, you lock your doors at night, you, you protect your home or hopefully you do. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to safeguard your marriage. And one of those things is that, you know, you shouldn't be staying up all hours in the night at bars, at clubs, you know, where people may get the wrong idea. I'm just, I, it's, it's all too easy. Yeah. Safeguard your marriage. Take your, take your butt home, be with your wife. You know, you're not, you're not living the single life anymore. Right. Um, number seven, how much time is too much time with your boys slash girls? And we, yeah, I think we kind of addressed this. this already, but as long as you're not spending more time with them than you are with your spouse. And yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you and I are very introverted though. We just don't see the appeal of going out all the time either. Yeah. I don't, I don't go anywhere. I go to work. I come home. <laughs> I'm here, you know, and I'll go to, you know, I'll go to the home Depot or, you know, other stores that I need to go to. But other than that, I really, particularly, I, I have no desire to go out and go do anything anywhere. And right. like I said, you know, you guys can call me old. I just, it, I, I have no, there's no appeal. There's no draw. Um, everything that I want, everything I need, everything that matters to me is here in this house. Yeah. There's, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Um, but I mean, even, even tomorrow, like I'm, I'm scheduled to go and meet, uh, friend for a, coffee. Yeah, a friend of mine for coffee. And, um, you know, that's, that's a one-off situation that never happens. Uh, I'm not saying it shouldn't happen, but what I'm saying is, you know, just manage your time, make sure that your spouse is getting the majority of your time and the majority of your attention and that, uh, there's nothing else pulling you, pulling your time and your attention away from them. Yeah. Um, the next question is, can you still go out of town without your spouse? Yeah, you can go ahead and break that one down. Cause I mean, there's the working scenario where, right. you know, we're absolutely, of course, yeah, but going out of town, you know, on a, on a work trip, of course, that, that kind of goes without no saying, brainer. you know, you don't go out of town, you get fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but of course when you do get home, then you should be making sure you're making time for your spouse since you haven't been with them. Um, right. if there's like special occasions, like a friend get together, a bachelorette party, bachelor party, of course, then obviously your spouse should be understanding of that. And you guys just need to communicate and trust in one another. Um, I definitely think it depends on how long and if you have kids and all that other stuff needs to be talked about as well. But that's for you to discuss. Yeah. We're not saying that you can't go out of town without your spouse. What we are saying is that, you know, first of all, there needs to be a good 
establishment of trust in that relationship. And as long as that trust is there and you and your spouse are, are communicating about, you know, time or length of your, of your, uh, trip and you know where you're going what's going to be happening as long as everybody's comfortable cool that's fine but you know again this is a um, make sure you're communicating and you're taking your spouse's comfort level into consideration absolutely all right dear number nine how much sex should be expected Mm. okay um I think we've decided on no expectations. Well, yeah, there, there should not be an expectation, first of all. Um, and just having this conversation, I'm going to say a couple of things. One is that we're all adults and we all have different sex drives, right? There are some that have a high sex drive. There are some that have a low sex drive. If you are one that has a high sex drive and your expectation is to have sex all the time, you may be causing unnecessary stress and anxiety for your spouse. Right. So expectations, no. Conversations, yes. Meeting the comfort level of your spouse, yes. Mm-hmm. Coming and making a compromise, yes. They're, they're, don't bring your expectations into a marriage. Right. You can have intentions. You can have hopes and dreams, but you, you'd better come with the conversation. It, yeah. I mean, that's all there is to it. it. Expectations are a catalyst for disappointment. They're a, um, they are a setup for disappointment. just disappointment. Yeah. Poor expectation management definitely goes in with that. So I don't know. I think that that'd be one of the reasons that would be a reason for a failing marriage is because of that expectation and lack of communication. Yeah. I mean, sex is a part of marriage. It's a great part of marriage. Um, it is something that, you know, allows two people to come together and, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think maybe one of these days we'll, we'll break down and we'll have a, an entire podcast on marital sex. Um, but for right now, just, just to talk about it, I mean, just bringing it up again, this is a conversation that you need to have with your spouse and you, I mean, both, both heard and understood for both sides and that, that compromise, mm-hmm. you know, the meeting in the middle and making things work. Um, but keep your expectations, uh, go into it with no expectations Yeah, and and be very open, open and understanding. Yep. All right. We only have two left. Number 10 is, is it okay to have a work wife or work husband or is it out of bounds? It's out of bounds. It's off limits. Yeah. There's a no, we don't, we don't see a point in this. You should not be treating anybody else like a spouse if they aren't your spouse. Absolutely. And, and look, if if you're calling it work wife or you're calling it work husband and you guys have a different interpretation or understanding of what those words mean, please, again, let us know. But just those words alone, no, they're not your spouse. You don't treat them as your spouse. You don't go to work and you don't have 
this, this kind of pseudo relationship with anybody else. It's a recipe for disaster. It's a big no, no. And again, I'm not telling everybody what they should or should not do. But what I am saying is that no, it, it's, it's absolutely crazy unnecessary. Uh, and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's where I stand on that. I don't, I don't even need to explain that. Yeah. I don't, we just don't see it. We don't see a point in it. We don't see a reason to have it. It's just unnecessary. Yep. Fairly simple on that one. And again, if you, if you guys have any other, any other comments about that, I'd love to hear it, but I, I just don't see that going any, any other way. Yeah. I don't know what couples would be okay with anything even labeled like that. Yeah. Um, all right. Last one. How much about marital issues should you say, share with family and friends? A very limited amount. Yeah. And we know it's hard to, sometimes you just need to vent and it's hard to do that to the person that you're upset with or angry with or having the issue with. So you'll definitely want to go outside of the marriage, but we encourage you to sit down and talk about it with your spouse because you wouldn't want your spouse's family and friends to look at you differently. So don't do that to your spouse. Yeah. And you also don't need anybody else's uh, opinions or bad ideas jumping into your marriage and causing, causing issues. Um, Not everybody is of a sound mind. Not everybody makes you know, great judgment calls when it comes to relationships. Right. Not that we're perfect because we're certainly not, but our recommendation is, is that, you know, even when you're angry, you need to go away and uh, take some time to cool down, gather your thoughts and then go back to your spouse and communicate. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's a matter of they are just not, they're not communicating with you. Things are just not happening the way that you want them to happen. Um, whatever the issues may be, and you just need some outside advice, definitely find someone that you, you have a lot of trust in someone that, you know, is not going to go run around and bad mouth your spouse behind, behind yours or their back. Right. Um, find, find a trustworthy confidant and limit the information. Do not bow bad mouth your spouse. Yeah. Discretion. Discretion is, absolutely necessary but it is also necessary like kenzie said to not badmouth your spouse if you start putting those those thoughts and those words into your mind and into your heart it's it's going to grow it's going to it's going to fester it's going to take root and if you start compiling a bad a, you know bad thoughts about your spouse it it just makes it makes things so much easier to uh kind of fall apart so speak kindly, speak softly, uh, limit the information that you, you give and, um, be very, very careful with what advice you, you take from family and friends into your marriage and how you apply it in your marriage. Right. There are people that are going to tell you, Oh girl, that, that man ain't no good. You know, you need to walk away <laughs> you need to leave. You know, you need to give that man an ultimatum. Listen, Walking away and leaving, that's what quitters do, all right? And quitting's easy. Right. And nothing in this life worth having or it's worth doing easy. is ever easy. Right. And so those people who give or who counsel you or advise you to quit on your marriage or advise you to walk away, nope. Bad. Bad idea and it's not worth it. 
Right. Unless you're like in a, in a severely abusive marriage right. and then obvious you, reasons yeah, to walk away to take, <laughs> uh, maybe heed that advice. But, uh, I am going to, I'll also say this, um, you know, when people are counseling you, uh, well, they're not professional counselors. Well, yeah, they're family. not professional counselors. So you got to take everything they say with a grain of salt anyways. Right. But you know, if they're, you know, oh, that man ain't no good, you know, you need to, you need to leave or you need to, uh, do this or that. Just, you know, be careful, be careful what advice you take and what you bring into your relationship. Yeah. All right, dear. I think that wraps it up for us. I agree. I think that that pretty much touches on all of those subjects. There's probably a, a lot more things that people need to talk about. And I'm sure we will um, find those and talk about them in the future. Uh, but for right now, you know, these are some of the not so easy topics that every married couple needs to discuss. They need to talk about. Uh, it's going to be absolutely important in your marriage and your relationships. Um, like I said, you know, that open and honest communication, it's a two way street. It's something that needs to be done. It needs to be had, um, in your relationship and don't shy away from it. Have those tough conversations because the more things that you work out now, um, the, the much better off your marriage is going to be in the future. hundred percent. All righty. Well, guys, we thank you for listening and for all of the love and support that we've had for this show so far. Um, I think we're coming in on our fourth episode, which means that we're closing out a month of doing these shows, which is kind of crazy. Hot diggity. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, but to see the growth, I know not everybody gets to see the the level of growth that we've had, but we want to assure you that the show is growing. Um, our audience has been steadily growing over over the past uh, several weeks um, we're just excited to see how it grows and we're thankful for the continued support I mean the show would be nothing without you guys and so we just want to continue to say thank you and uh, please continue sharing the, or spreading the word about the show uh, get it out to your friends get it out to you know anybody that you know who's married or newly married or about to get married this advice is good for everybody um, it's just real good down, down home, you know, <laughs> however you want to say it's just good advice. Um, but we appreciate you guys listening in. And, uh, again, if you have any, any comments, if you have any, um, suggestions for things that you want to hear in the future, please let us know. Uh, we're always open to suggestions and we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Anything else, dear? That's all. We'll all right. Well, listen to us next week. Yeah, we'll we'll catch you guys on the midweek podcast. Uh, those of you that are interested in listening to that again, um, great material coming up. And uh, you we guys, hope you're excited like we are. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend and uh, enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs>